Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We got to give some props to the winners, to the victors go the spoils. And earlier in the day, that was the Cincinnati Bengals, who I looked before uh, the show, or just as the show was starting, in most wagering outlets were 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year. Well, now they're only one game from doing so. A guy who's had a front-row seat for it, he covers them day in and day out for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Charlie Goldsmith joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How's the party going in Cincinnati, Charlie? The tunnels of Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City reek of cigar smoke. It's become the Bengals' tradition after they've won the AFC after today. Uh, Burrow brought it from LSU here to Cincinnati, and, well, today's just another day for them to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, he did. He started it uh, with his Heisman Trophy winning season in LSU and two years into his NFL career. He's got every right to have a victory cigar after some of the huge wins he's gotten this year. Uh, let me ask you this. I've had a couple of Cincinnati guys over the last few weeks giving credit to the Bengals for all their accomplishments. When did you know this year that Joe Burrow was going to be Joe Burrow? Last year, he got off to a pretty good start. Season tragically ends. Major injury. Had to come back and just show that he could retain the form that he had when he was at LSU. Was there a game? Was there a time? Was there an incident? You said, all right, this guy is Joe Cool. It's it's good that you phrase it like that because at the beginning of the season coming off that knee injury, Joe Burrow wasn't Joe Burrow, and Joe's been the first one to say this. So much of his game is his elusiveness in the pocket, his ability to extend plays, and his maybe his gift, his ability to make those throws on the run. He straight up couldn't do that. He says until the bye week. If there was a moment where Burr really started becoming a top-five quarterback, it was the second half of the Bengals game against the 49ers on December 12th. Bengals ended up losing that game in overtime, but Burrow made these ridiculous throws, extending plays, acting like a superhero, acting like a basketball superstar, just carrying a team with these incredible degree of difficulty plays, one to chase in the back of the end zone, another to chase down the sideline. And that was the moment where Zach Taylor said, you know what, I think we're ready to start throwing the ball 40 times per game and really go all in on Joe. And they did. And you know what, it worked. It surely has as of right now with the unbelievable appearance in the Super Bowl. 30 years without a playoff win. Now they've gotten three in succession. Marvin Lewis kept making the playoffs and kept coming up short when he got there. Not the case with this team, and Burrow certainly is the lead dog. But you got to give the coach a lot of credit. I was the guy who last year here and said, said on CBS, 
He may have saved his job because of Joe Burrow's injury because they were on the way to another bad season after his opening very poor season. And I thought the seat could get pretty hot under Coach Taylor's rear end. Uh, They rightfully kept him in place. Did it any time he referenced that during the year? To say, I appreciate the fact that they've just given me year, year number three, and then gone out and done what he's done? He straight up said that. He said the majority of ownership groups wouldn't have kept him because there wasn't enough proof of concept due to the injuries, due to Burroughs' injury, due to the lack of talent on the roster. Um, Zach Taylor's growth is one of the biggest storylines with the Bengals. He told a story on Friday about game planning for his 10th game as a head coach. They were facing Aaron Donald in the Rams. He remembers it was one in the morning. All of the play call sheet for the week was supposed to be done. And he was sitting there with the offensive coordinator, and they had nada. He said, you know what, I'm going to write this down. Remember when? Remember when we couldn't come up with a single play to go up against the Rams? Because he believed there was going to be a moment. They would look back at that and laugh and look back at that and say they have so many options and answers for any team they play. Now's the perfect moment to do that. Zach had the answers to top the reigning AFC champs did and uh, has come up with uh, a huge victory today. All right, need your take because I've been pretty strong on this all day. Kansas City Chiefs, I don't want to take anything away from the Bengals, but the Kansas City Chiefs did a pretty damn good job of shooting themselves in the foot today with that final possession at the end of the first half. Kudos to the Bengals for sniffing it out and having uh, the, the guy covered in the flat. You know Tariq Hill is somebody that Mahomes is probably going to target. But I'm sorry, that's just a dumb play. You have to throw the ball in the end zone on that play. Am I shortchanging the Bengals for making the big defensive stop? Or am I right to say, what the hell was Patrick Mahomes thinking? Mahomes made some mistakes in the second half, throwing an interception to a defensive tackle who was right in front of him, throwing the ball in contested windows down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He looked like the player who was the less experienced quarterback in these moments. But (laughs) the Bengals did a game plan. They made a switch at halftime to a game plan they'd never used this season, ever. They basically came up with a three-man defensive line with a spy who would either drop back in coverage or, after four or five seconds, just blitz right up the middle. And look at, for example, those last two offensive plays of regulation, both ending with sacks to keep the Chiefs out of the end zone before the final seconds. Those were that concept executed to a T. It's Lou Anarumo was not going to get enough credit for deciding to come up with a plan that they had never done and then executing it to stop the Chiefs to win the AFC Championship. Yeah, it was uh, outstanding smarts and outstanding effort by the Bengals. Um, Certainly Joe Burrow is getting all the accolades and love that he should. Uh, Jamar Chase had a rookie season off the charts. Oh, let me go there first. Uh, I've, again, asked this a couple of Cincinnati guys, see if you've got the same type of take. I remember, and it hit in a national show, which means it was an actual pretty big story because I had people calling me about it here on CBS Sports Radio. Jamar Case had a pretty good drop, uh, case of the drops, first couple weeks of the preseason, and people were second-guessing that Bengal pick. Was it as big a story in Cincinnati as it seems to be? Because if guys are calling me on a national show about it, I figure it's got to be an even bigger story in Cincinnati. It was the talk of training camp everywhere except in the locker room. It felt like they isolated that narrative and put Jamar in a bubble and really to to maintain that confidence they had in it. Listen, no one was more confident in Jamar than the Bengals. Zach Taylor made the biggest risk of his career by advocating for Cincinnati to draft Jamar over Panay Sewell and take the safer bet in shoring up the offensive line. That draft pick had to work. We're talking about Zach being on the hot seat. If it didn't, 
We're having a very different conversation right now. So they believed so strongly in Jamar from the start that a, a slow, rocky training camp, in their mind, wasn't going to impact him much at all. And Jamar is a, a top five wide receiver in the NFL right now. He didn't have an explosive day, but when you go back and watch the game, you'll see, aside from Burrow, there was nobody on either offense who was impacting the game plan on a snap-by-snap basis as much as Jamar. How big a, and I uh, was giving credit to to Burrow and to Jamar Chase and Zach Taylor, how big a contributor has Evan McPherson been for this team? Uh, Again, I'll I'll tap into your Cincinnati knowledge from at the time. I've been doing a sports talk thing for 30-plus years, and it never fails. When a team drafts a kicker, I'm going to get calls the next day going, what the hell are we wasting a pick on a kicker for? Don't they know that kickers are a dime a dozen? Why would we use a draft pick? They used a draft pick on Evan McPherson this year, fifth rounder. I'm guessing they're not regretting that at all. It's funny you say that. Literally, the Bengals starting defensive end, Sam Hubbard, said the exact same thing. He was a little surprised when they took a kicker in the fifth round. And kind of as a result, a lot of the defensive players in particular – kind of jokingly tried to rattle him throughout training camp, see if he could kind of take it. The thing about Evan, too, is he's one of the youngest players on the team. He only had three years of college. He's 21. He's the baby on the team. Yet, uh, aside from Burrow, who Evan's been compared to, no, it, it seems exudes more confidence than him. Evan literally last week said, I'm about to make the game-winning field goal before he walked onto the field. Today was another example of that, and he's never flinched under pressure so far. He has been phenomenal, nothing short of phenomenal for them. And, oh, by the way, great story this week. They ran out of jerseys in Cincinnati. There was such a run for his jerseys that they didn't have a jersey. You couldn't get one anywhere with his name and his number on the back. I'll tell you how popular Evan McPherson is. Do you want to guess whose jersey Zach Taylor's sons wanted for Christmas? (laughs) More, More than Joe Cool? More than Burrow. Wow, that is that is saying something. All right, so the Bengals have accomplished what they've accomplished. Win against the Raiders. A great game, exciting game, right down to the wire. Certainly last week against Tennessee, McPherson's got to kick the game-winning field goal. Doesn't get any more exciting than that. And then today's game, coming from way behind at half and doing what they did in the second half. Uh, they haven't been to a Super Bowl. A lot of teams haven't been to a Super Bowl before. It is a different type of uh, achievement, different type of atmosphere, different type of game. Is there any moment that's too big for the Bengals, or have these three playoff games prepared them for absolutely anything? See, here's the thing, though. Look at the players who are on the Bengals. When they went out and drafted their classes over the last two years, and when they went out in free agency, they targeted winners. Burrow's a champion. Jamar Chase is a champion. The left tackle, Jonah Williams, was a champion at Alabama. T. Higgins, the number two wide receiver, a champion. Look what they've done on defense. Defensive tackle, D.J. Reader. Defensive end, Von Bell. Or defensive end, Trey Hendrickson. Safety, Von Bell. These are winners who have a lot of playoff experience that they brought to Cincinnati. And so, so many of these guys, they, they've been there before, even though the Bengals haven't. True, a little playoff experience, and I guess maybe that's something teams will look at uh, going forward, taking collegiate championship experience. All right, uh, halftime when the Bengals got the big stop that they needed, did anyone comment about what was commented on in the locker room at halftime after today's game? Well, the biggest thing was making the adjustment that I mentioned earlier, and the Bengals see this as one of their greatest strengths. They, in December, were down by 14 against the Los Angeles Chargers and came back to tie the game. 
against the Chiefs in Week 17. They were down by 14 as well, came back. Uh, they did the same thing against the Niners in that game I mentioned. They know they have a chance with Burrow. That is the example of the quarterback setting a tone for an entire sideline Make one of the biggest comebacks in AFC Championship game history. Uh, the Bengals just feel like that's what they're made of, and frankly, they have a track record now of doing it. All right, Charlie, I uh, am just judging by your voice. I've never had you on my show before. By the way, thank you very much for doing so, and you're giving me very good information, so I thank you for that as well. Uh, you sound like a younger guy. I'm a bit of an older mm-hmm. guy. You sound like a younger guy. I'm guessing you weren't covering the team in 1988 when the Bengals and the 49ers played in the Super Bowl. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, But you certainly know of their history. You think the Bengals would like a uh, shot at a rematch and see if this year's Joe Cool plays for Cincinnati rather than the other team? So one of my favorite moments of the season is I was talking to the Bengals' offensive line coach. This was back in August when Joe was still going through his rehab, and he said, Joe Burrow reminds me of Joe Montana. I would know because I played with him. The first quarterback I heard Burrow compared to this season was Montana by one of Montana's former teammates. I think that Joe has, you know, the Bengals have that guy now. And while the city of Cincinnati will be all in on the 49ers narrative, another curse, another drought that they're breaking in this moment. Again, this is a Bengals team with, frankly, no connection to that whatsoever. I would assume a lot of Bengals players have no idea that the Bengals lost to the 49ers twice in the Super Bowl. They'll learn this week if that's the matchup. But they've kind of done that by design, uh, by going in a completely different direction with the guys they brought in. All right. Who was that Montana teammate who compared uh, Burrow to? Yep. Offensive line coach Frank Pollock, who's been around. One of the great assistant coaches in the league. Okay, I had not seen that quote. That is a great quote. I guarantee you, if it is the 49ers and the Bengals, it will be dredged up. All right, uh, what do you think Coach Taylor is going to do these next two weeks? Getting a team ready for a Super Bowl is a different experience. It's uh, I know that they've got bye weeks during the week, but that's just keeping your house in order and giving guys rest. And like getting ready for the biggest game you can ever possibly play in is a different order. How do you think he's going to handle it? He does have that experience from L.A., but I will say something he really prioritizes is keeping his team fast and fresh. He's done that at every step of the road this season, even dating back to OTAs in May, and I think that's going to be a priority. Uh, The Bengals are getting nicked up like any team who just played in their 21st game of the season, and I think that's going to be an overall priority, making sure they have a fresh and fast team. They'll need it because L.A. and San Francisco, two teams both with a lot of speed, two teams both with really dynamic defensive lines. And, uh, you know, they'll spend the whole two weeks preparing for that. Sounds like it uh, should be fun for the Bengals fans. Should be a good couple of weeks for you writing about it. We appreciate you jumping on board with us for a couple of minutes tonight, Charlie. Thanks for the insight. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 